This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to Pink Popcorn, the movie review show that finds a little bit of homo in every film. My name is Paul Tonter. And I'm Kylie Eddy. And thanks to Pete Dillon from Cravings for another fabulous show. I wasn't under the desk. Oh, <laughs> hide and seek. There you are. You know what? If there were chocolate Easter eggs under the desk, yeah, well, well, that might be we'll a different idea. <laughs> Those little bunnies. Um, this, Kylie, we've got a... Uh, we're getting commercial this week, aren't we? We're sort I know, of, against your will, really. Uh, I can't believe I've finally dragged you along to see <laughs> a commercial film called Scream 4. Four times. Four times the screams. Mm. Um, we're also reviewing Sucker Punch, Brighton Rock, and we're taking a look at some of the queer films in La Mirada Film Festival. I would say maybe, um, I don't know if queer is quite right, Camp or maybe yeah, this camp. queerish, I mean, it, a couple of gay characters. The the film festival is actually co-curated by Pedro Almodovar, so you know one of the greatest queer filmmakers you know living at the moment. So you know there's that factor which is you know queer enough for it. But you know there are some queer films in the queer themed films. So yeah, we'll be looking at that, and we've actually got a double pass to give away to the La Mirada Film Festival, um, courtesy of the film festival, and also we've got some Brighton Rock double passes, courtesy of Mad Men Entertainment. So many free tickets. So our question this week, Kylie. Is, is dum, 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 dum. <laughs> what is your favourite Pedro Almodovar film? Mm. Do you have a favourite off the top of your head? Uh, all about my mother. Really? That yeah. says so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than I ever probably needed to know. Well, mine is Women on the Verge of a Nervous uh, Breakdown. <laughs> there we go. And ditto on what you said, Kylie. <laughs> Can I just say that Women on the Verge of, the, of a Nervous Breakdown is the first foreign language film I ever really? saw. Really? And that's a, what an amazing one to see. And well. suddenly it opened my yep. eyes to like, what, what? what do you mean? Yep. Other countries make awesome films. Mm. And so it has a very, very, important place in my heart. Yeah. So those early Almodovar's, you know, the stacks and they're so colourful and bright. So I mean, you know, and all the early Antonio Banderas where he, you know, oh. oh, Antonio Banderas. Well, I have to say at the opening night of La Mirada Film Festival, they did have a little welcome message from Antonio Banderas <gasps> and he's shooting a new film with Pedro. Uh, exactly. And it's actually and just been announced in, in the Cannes Film Festival. It's coming up in May. So yeah, yes. so he did a little welcome and, and looked oh. and he looks so excited to be back in the capable hands yes. of uh, Pedro. So um, a lot Lots of exciting things there. All you have to do to go in the draw to win these double passes is... You can contact us by SMS 0427JOY949 or email us on onair at joy.org.au. Facebook, search for Pink Popcorn. Or you can even call Michael's on the desk. So the phone number is 1300JOY949. And you kind of won a prize in the last two weeks and you must be a Joy member or willing to become one. And let us know what your favourite Pedro Mortabar film is to go in the prize draw. Right up now, we'll be listening to Tonight's The Kind of Night from Noah and the Wild. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. That was Zorbing by Stornaway. This is Pink Popcorn with Colin Paul and Joy at 94.9. Brighton Rock is the latest big screen adaption of Graham Greene's classic 1938 novel. 
1964, and organised crime has moved into this sleepy English seaside town. Ambitious young gangster Pinky Brown is determined to stop other gangs taking over his patch, but when he kills a rival, vital evidence falls into the innocent hands of a young, impressionable waitress, Rose. Pinky seduces Rose to stop her talking, but her employer, Ida, is suspicious of their relationship. Can Pinky trust Rose not to betray him, and can Rose trust Pinky not to make her his next victim? You're good, and I'm bad. We're made for each other. I don't care what happens to me. Anything he does. If you touch one hair on that girl's head, there is nothing that I will not do to make you suffer. Do you love me, Pinky? She'll never give up. She'll keep pounding us and hanging on. I'm waiting for us to slip up. Uh, Dame Helen Mirren as Ida. I love Helen Mirren so much. There is nothing to not love Ugh, about Helen Mirren. And she is fantastic in this film. Yes. It's quite an unusual role for her, mm. I would think. And seeing her as a redhead all the way through it, my partner who I watched this film with, she's like, she looks so different. <laughs> that can't be Helen. It looks so different. Rose doesn't have a voice like that, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> she's a completely normal voice. I don't know why I'm putting on a weird voice for her. She has a completely no- Darling, you have a normal voice. Don't worry. <laughs> she and, and Helen Mirren, I don't know whether she plays a slightly the character was originally written was slightly younger but um anyway it doesn't matter the this is the debut film from Rowan Joffe who's famous his father um directed films such as The Killing Fields and The Mission so you got good pedigree here wow no pressure yeah no pressure and he actually this is his debut this is the debut directing uh he He's a he's a big done a lot of television and also he wrote the feature film The American the George Clooney film that was oh, out yeah. last year yeah so this is his first foray and he's tackling big material because a lot of people love this novel um, and also there's an early British film in 1947 which starred um, Richard Attenborough one and of his famous roles so. it's also been a little bit controversial because it's taken uh, the material from the book yes. and transposed it from the 40s Th- or yeah, 30s yeah, into the 60s yes. and so that in itself brings about a whole different sensibility yeah and it's it's sort of there's a couple of reasons why it's the it's the year before the death penalty was abolished so that's kind of a really interesting little sort of subtext there, which is not played out too much, but it's just a nice little texture. And also it's like mods and rockers. So it's there's this nice kind of background to this kind of social upheaval at and the time. I didn't I mean the mods and the rockers, you don't think of them actually fighting and having riots. Yeah. I mean the mods look so cute on their little yeah, bikes with their little ties and their little suits. Ben Sherman gear and stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, and <laughs> and then and the rockers, well I'm you know, they're tough mm. but they had great big riots in Brighton yep. Rock. Yep. As, yeah, and it, that kind of works really nicely it kind of as part of the plot twisting. It does. Um, it kind of gives a fantastic background texture. Yeah, I think that's what I liked about it. I mean, I think the film, I, I think it doesn't entirely work for me. I think, I mean, the performances, I mean, I think Andrea Riseborough, who's one of the big rising stars of British cinema, um, I think she's fantastic. I think for me, she gives the strongest performance. And she plays the girlfriend. She plays Rose, yeah, yes, yeah. the girlfriend. So she's the pivotal role because she's the one that changes. She's like this ingenue, gets, you know, falls in love. Well, she or no, she does fall in love with Pinky um, and then becomes a bit of a, you know, slightly bad girl. Whereas Pinky falls in love with her purely to use her. And that's where I find it fascinating because it's it's just dark. He's a really malevolent character. Yeah. And it's just, and he really doesn't, change and it's kind of interesting for Sam Riley because you know it's it's he just plays mean and will he change will he not yeah. will he actually fall in love or will he just 
use her the entire time. What's quite interesting about his performance as well is because he does play it like that, there is really open for interpretation. And I saw this with a couple of other people and there was a lot of conversation about, oh, he really loves her. No, he's a psychopath. He can't love her. Oh, he's just using her. No, look look how he's doing this. He really has feelings for her. And it was really quite... And I think that is part of the strength and the questioning and that keeps you kind of going through, particularly in the middle act where it slows down a little bit. It picks up again in the uh, third act and the climax, but there is kind of a big chunk in the middle there that seems to get a little bit lost with, are we a thriller? Are we a romance? Is it a drama? Mm. Are we a historical period film? And uh, I just wanted it to kind of move along a bit. Yeah, yeah. One of the other strengths I think looks fantastic. Oh, it I think does the location, look like the British, you know, the, the, I've never been there, but you know, it's you know, looks nice. It looks nice. It looks nice. <laughs> a place you don't want to go because you want to be stabbed in the sixties. No, but actually, just it's actually quite gloriously filmed because it's quite. It has this real, you know, it, it's just a, it's a tourist place. You know, lots of families and lots of people around on you know on the beach, which is just stones. You know, they're yeah, British, the stone they're typical, beach. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but it it looks gorgeous in the music. So I think the production value is like it's all very shiny. Um, it's just one of those films that just doesn't quite pull up. But I, I think there's a lot of stuff to recommend. And I, I, I did quite enjoy it, actually, I thought. And also it has, for me, one of the great final scenes I've yes. seen in, in many years. It's really a nice kick in the guts as a final scene. So it's. I would definitely agree with you. That final scene does make this quite harrowing experience almost worth, worth yeah. it. Yeah, it's quite it's, – and it's, again, it's a very interesting – and it's the, con- the controversy because that – is different to the novel, but it's it's basically the same ending as the original film. There's a whole lot of stuff about that, which is in itself is quite interesting. How many stars would uh, queer content? There's nothing. There's in there. none. John Hurt's in it. Yeah, but that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not really playing gay. No. So I mean, look, there's not, there's not. Yeah, there's no gay. Yeah. How many stars would you give it? Kyrie? You know what? Oh, I'm going to give it. Two and a half right. out of five. On the fence there. I'm giving it three. I quite I quite liked it. We've got some double passes to Brighton Rock and also for La Mirada Film Festival. All you need to do is let us know your favourite Pedro El Motivar film. Uh, you can just SMS us 0427 Joy949 or email on air at joy.org.au or even call Michael, who is our program support today, doing an excellent job as always. 1300 Joy949. Um, y- you know. Come on, people. Yeah. This is a kind Pedro, of... Pedro. It's Pedro. Come on. One of their great queer filmmakers. What's, what's one of your favourites? And also... Oh, Alan saying Bad Habits is his favourite. Bad Habits? Oh, well, it's, it's so revealing. Bad Education? Oh, Bad Education. No, 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 bad no. Bad Habits? No. Oh, wow. I haven't heard of Bad Habits. I have to do a bit of a look on that. Oh, he's just... Oh. Once again, it's very revealing what your favourite... Yes. <laughs> I think we could do one of those things where you could do some kind of psychological test exactly. about what it says about you, what film you love of his. Um, you know, once again, we're giving away these tickets. Yep. Brian Rock is a great film to get free tickets to. Yeah, you and, know, and go La Mirada, you get to choose your film at La Mirada, which, oof, oh, Go for go it. Go crazy, people. Coming up on the show, we'll be talking about Screen 4, and up next, we will be discussing La Mirada Film Festival. This is Dancing on My Own by Robin. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy at 94.9. is a Pink Popcorn podcast. We've had Kevin has SMSed us saying that his favourite Pedro Mortavar film is Bad Education. We totally agree with that. And Chris has also uh, sent in a message saying that the, <laughs> the gay one. So which one's that one? Um, they're all kind of oh, campy. Okay. The guy who's obsessed with the film director. We should actually ask people to go there. This is 
the prize we should give to this who can name this film title, the guy who's a, who is obsessed with the film director pushes his young, cute boyfriend off a cliff. Uh, and, and Chris was devastated when that happened. Oh, understandably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Hmm, okay. that, it's terrible. Let us know. Yeah let, uh, yeah, let us know. You can go in the prize draw to win some tickets to La Mirada Film Festival, which we're about to talk about. You just have to SMS us, 0427JOY949, or email on air at joy.org.au. Yes, La Mirada Film Festival. It's an interesting one because it's a Spanish-language um, films. Not necessarily confined to the Spanish Film Festival because that's what we're talking about next month. Yeah, that's so new, that's new week, new festival <laughs> as the whole Melbourne thing happens. Yeah, so that's Spanish films from Spain. Exactly, yes. And this is a Spanish language film, so it could be from Argentina yep. or Mexico or Spain exactly. or. Yes, 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 yes. So, absolutely. So, there's a whole range of films. And the wonderful thing about this festival is that it's co curated by, co-curated by Pedro Almodova, um, but also every year. It's actually extraordinary. There are films that are selected by these amazing filmmakers. Ang Lee, who did Brokeback oh, Mountain, know. you know, amongst you know many, many other fantastic films. Ken Loach, you know, like the palm door winning Ken Loach. So, Antonio Banderas, you've got Guillermo del Toro. It's like, it's extraordinary. I mean, they, It's they, amazing they get these people to curate they the do, program. They it's do. Fantastic. Yes, it is. It's, you know, it's absolutely extraordinary. So, so, the wonderful thing about some of those films that, that are selected by... Um, Ang Lee and Ken Loach, the films aren't announced, so it's a complete surprise. You basically just have to to rock up, um, and hey, voila! Here's the film that you know these filmmakers have chosen. So that's pretty fantastic. I mean, in these day and age, to have an absolute surprise. It's pretty rare. Pretty great fun. <laughs> so, and in terms of the film, and obviously Pedro Almodovar, you know, one of the great queer filmmakers. Um, none of his films are in the festival. No. But, but doesn't matter, kids. Um, one of the, the films that has a queer theme is called Black Bread. This is um, a brand new Spanish film. It actually won nine Goya Awards, which are the, the Spain's um, Academy Awards. So, it won Best Film, Best Director, Best Actress, so a whole swathe, which is... You know, no small thing. I mean, for example, Beautiful, um, the Harvey Bardem film was up for all these awards and, you know, so it knocked out, you know, Beautiful and many other films. It's quite an interesting film. It's it's set post uh, the war, the, the Spanish Civil War, um, and it concerns this young boy who... At the start of the film, this amazing five-minute sequence, he sees or, or witnesses the aftermath of this... Uh, father and his young son in their horse-drawn cart pushed off a cliff. Oh, it sounds horrible. It is. It actually looks quite, it's really horrific to watch, but it's you know, visually quite amazing, but it's awful. He comes across them and he, the, the young boy, um, he's sort of like about eight to ten years old, they're obviously friends, and the boy just, you know, mouths his word, Petrolia, uh, I can't even say, it's P-I-T-O-R-L-I-U-A, Petrolia. And you go, ooh, so this is mystery from the start of like, and the person who is pushes... Is it like Rosebud? It is Rosebud. <laughs> um, close up of the, the snow climb. Um, <laughs> and the, there's a person who pushes the, these people off the cliff. He's this big hoarded figure. You never see his face. So obviously, there's a mystery. <gasps> who did it? This film, like many other films in Spanish cinema, things like Pan's Labyrinth, The Devil's Backbone, you know, they're from a child's point of view, post um, the war... You know, very heavily, heavily allegorical. Um, so it, they're quite interesting, and you know, I think this is also based on a novel, and it's quite dense. You really do get a sense that it is this. The source material is quite rich because there are stacks of characters, and it's all you know. Does, does it have any gay characters? It does. It? What it is actually, this character, because the, the the queer character is actually the the, the who was this picture Luia. Um, <laughs> I, I apologise to everyone out there who speaks Spanish, and also anyone who just has ears and can listen. Um, 
basically he is a character does give a little bit of way so over the years no it's spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert he was um a gay character who was hounded by the villagers and was supposed to just be roughed up but is actually was was killed and he is a ghost now in you know a a gay ghost ghost. a gay ghost living in the nearby cave and so there's this whole that that's sort of one one aspect of of the film and because the father is one of that. This young boy's father is one of the men who killed him. Um, so this sounds really complicated, yeah, Paul. No, it's actually it's quite it's actually. And believe me, I'm just scratching the surface. But it's a very very strong film. Like I think. And what is the name of the film again? It's called Black Bread, which is really a. It's basically a class thing because there's white bread and black bread. The, the poorer classes mm. get the black bread. There's a whole lot of this. I mean. I mean, I don't know terribly much at all about the Spanish Civil War, but, you know, you've just, you go into this film and there's some really, really well drawn characters, there's fantastic performances. Um, but it's, you know, it is, I mean, I really, I, it caught my attention because it won the Goya's, any film that, you know, that, uh, you know, especially, you know, Spain, Italy, France, what have you, those big awards, if it wins, you're you interested. Check it out. Yeah. So they're screening at La Morada Film Festival. Um, I'll put the information, I'll put a link onto our Facebook page, or you can just Google. La Morada, yeah. you'll find it. Um, also, I was going to review one of the films that Armadovire was presenting called Rowing in the Wind, which is actually a classic Spanish film. And I went to watch it and it's, in, it's in Spanish with no English subtitles. So I did watch a bit of it, though, because I couldn't resist. It's a very young Hugh Grant is in it, dubbed into uh, Spanish, and he... Does his, does his floppy hair speak Spanish as well? Yeah, it does. And he's kind of got this, he's kind of shirtless a little bit. And he's, I mean, he's really young. I know, it's kind of a weird looking. And Elizabeth Hurley Oh my is God, in is it. that where they met? <laughs> <gasps> Maybe that's the, ooh. Oh, I don't know, but it is. Um, it's, it's for the new, new weekly crowd, this film. It is based on, uh, it's set in 1816 and it's based on, Apparently, the true encounter of the romantic poet Lord Byron and the Shelleys. Mm. And obviously, uh, Mary Shelley went on to write Frankenstein. And some of this film goes into the, you know, the events behind that. There is, from what I could tell, there was a Frankenstein kind of ghost-like character. There was also a giraffe in a ballroom. So, I'm not quite sure what was happening. I think the theme here is ghosts. Spain's big on ghosts. <laughs> and, giraffes, and giraffes, apparently. Yeah. So, I thought, I'm not quite sure where the gay element is in that. Maybe it's a gay giraffe. <laughs> but that, I Aren't they all Kylie? <laughs> there was Aren't a very all? foppish fey um, servant who was helping Hugh Grant polish his boots. Well, he fo- so, more, more fey and foppish than Hugh Grant? Can you believe it? Cheapers. And so in my mind, I was making up a relationship between them. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if that's what actually happens once you have it subtitled and translated, but I quite enjoyed making up my own story. So check it out. Yeah. That is called Rowing in the Wind. It's a very fun way of doing the movies. Just just make up your own story anyway as it goes along. That's fine. Oh, Alan's just sent me a message saying that Byron was by. <gasps> so maybe... By Byron. So maybe, that, maybe I was on the money there. Maybe that boot boot mm. polishing scene was true. A lot of spit and polish in that boot polishing. <laughs> I left that one wide open Oh, I'm for sorry. You. No, no, no. I just, you know. I can't uh, you can't resist. Can't resist. So anyway, we have, yeah, we said before, got some double passes to La Mirada. So, you know, there are so many films in the festival. I've seen a number of them there. They're not, not queer themed. One of them is called Even the Rain, which queer theme for me because it stars one of my favourite actors Louis Dosa and he's also stars who's this what's that guy we were talking about before Kylie that little weedy man which one? Oh. oh that Gail Garcia Bernal Garcia people seem 
to go crazy people and think he's him. really gorgeous. Ugh. Um, he doesn't do much no. for me. No. I must admit. No. Any, yeah, I does nothing for you. He's not, he's uh, not hairy enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, and also, there's a film actually, and the other um, Abel, which is directed by Diego Luna. You know, the two of them uh, became quite famous in Itu Mama Tambien. Um, anyway, Diego Luna has directed a film called Abel, which is a really sweet film. Um, and there's also Hamon Hamon, which is early. Penelope Cruz, who, you know... You know what? There is a scene... You, you must love Penelope Cruz. Come I, on. I do love Penelope yeah, Cruz. And there is gorgeous. a scene in um, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which is uh, one of Amodova's earlier works. And I think that scene um, might have made me a lesbian. Oh. It's, it's, it's made her, you a lesbian. It was her in a bathtub... <laughs> Naked, and uh, she has a little submarine type mm. um, water toy that she uses to pleasure herself. <coughs> and that really, <laughs> something in my brain went, oh, Wait a minute. Interesting. I like the ladies. <laughs> God, we have really got off track. This is a fantastic. It is. It's a great film festival. festival. So, there really is. It's all, the thing I love about this festival is you just dive in and you've got so much to play around with and to choose. From. So it, it did start on Thursday night with a great opening night. Um, it's on at Acme and it runs until the twenty sixth. So there's still another whole week of uh, films to go and explore. We'll yeah. put a link up on the Facebook page at Pink Popcorn. Up next, we'll be talking Scream Four. Carly and I have both seen a commercial film. It's a first. Just before we do that as well, Chris has uh, SMSed in and Ooh. said the film that he likes is actually it's Law of Desire. Oh, we should have known that. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Lady Snow. Um, and also, I think that James Hardy has uh, written in the Spanish name for Law of Desire. Uh, La Ley de Zero. Thanks Desire. for Lady Snow. That's oh, wonderful. God, that my pronunciation is okay. It's with mine. Terrible. <laughs> It's <laughs> not possible. Mine's terrible. Yeah, so up next, we'll be talking Scream 4. Right now, this is Wolfpack by The Vaccines. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. In Scream 4, 10 years have passed since Sydney Prescott has been home to Woodsboro. But now that she's pulled herself together and become a self-help author, her hometown is the last stop of her book tour. There she reconnects with Sheriff Dewey and Gail, as well as her cousin Jill and her aunt Kate. Unfortunately, Sydney's appearance also brings about the return of Ghostface, putting the whole town in danger. Favourite scary movie. Someone is recreating the terror. Two girls killed the exact day local celebrity victim Sydney Prescott chose to return to her hometown. Someone is rewriting the rules. The unexpected is the new cliche, and virgins can die now. Does that mean that I'm not going to live as long as these two? Someone is reinventing the game. From Master of Suspense, Wes Craven. They'll be behind you! Go ahead if you have the guts. Scream 4, rated R. I have a question for you, Kylie. Yes. What is the most horrifying thing about this film? I know what it is. <laughs> Tell me. It's Courtney Cox's oh, face when she man. first when she first turns around. Oh. You kind of see her from behind, and you know it's Courtney Cox. And then she turns around. And it's like oh! I, I screamed. I screamed multiple times. Her face looks so weird and plastic mm. surgeryed that it's kind of hard to. Wow. It's I, distracting. It's this. It uh, does feel oof. like a mask. It does. Yeah, and I think even Nev Campbell, who I love her, bless her. I think she's amazing. I mean, she looks like she's had a bit of work done as well. Yeah, but she also she's like she's like she's in a coma in this film. She's so yeah, blah. she is a bit blah. She's not quite the action yeah. heroine that I kind of remember. 
Do, you've seen all three films. Of course. The first three. Yes, of, of course. Because uh, uh, I really like the first two. Yes. The first one especially was, you know, it's so fresh. and I mean, I, I'm It was not, groundbreaking yeah, at the time. I mean, I'm not into horror films at all. Like, I really don't like them. I just don't choose to see them. Me um, neither. But I kind of appreciated, you know, what they were doing and, you know, the, and the, what they talked about, you know, you know, with the genre and messing with it and what have you. Two I thought was good. Three I thought was awful. I don't even remember a thing about it. Yeah. This one... They try to reinvent it again. They're trying to basically what because Kevin Williamson wrote it as, and Wes Craven directed it as they did it with the others. The original. The original. Um, so they're trying to do what they did with number one is to reinvent it again. And you know they kind of they talk about it that ad nauseum. They talk about how meta it is and like and it's just this whole <laughs> you know and all the different characters and how everybody plays that role and like there's a. What's the new rule about the gay character as well? Because Oh, well, the kind of they've redefined the rules. And so the rules used to be that if you're a virgin, you couldn't die. But now that's changed. You can die even if you're a virgin. The only way of escaping now is if you're gay. Gay, yes. You have a, you have a chance. And there is a, uh, there is a gay character in there who does try that on. Yeah, but you don't know he's... Well, you, well, can't, yeah. you don't like, know if he's actually just trying to get out of dying or yes. if he's actually gay. But it's all part of the fun. Yeah, so there's all these rules and rules and rules and rules. And it's look, it is quite... I mean, I, you know... It's fun. I mean, talking before you guys about Sucker Punch, this for me, it's moved along at a quick pace. You know, it is quite interesting. And and it's one of those films as well, you really want to look back and who, you know, the, the, you know, the murderers, uh, or, you know, singular, plural, what have you. There's, you know, 17,000 of them. Um, but what it, actually, what it actually, you know, says about, you know, the whole genre and because they talk about, since I think I probably since the first screen film, all these films have been remaking you know, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. There's one character re- reads them re- all off, rebooting the rebooting here, yeah, which is fantastic. Um, I don't think I've seen a single one of those reboots. Yeah, neither have I. I think I've seen some of the originals, but so that's quite interesting. And, and the the point is that, and there's a real kick in the head about social media and Gen Y. I think that's really interesting what they're talking about about this film and how everything... Well, I think that quite often really good horror films do play out themes that are currently part of society's fears or hopes and that's what gives them some kind of depth... Now, I'm not saying that this is a deep film, but it does have some themes that it's exploring. To say. It has something to say. And... I love that it includes, you know, you can get an iPhone app that has, so you can do the ghost face voice. voice, And, you know, it totally combines, it doesn't steer away from uh, using mobile phones or social media or one of the dudes has a camera on his head and he's streaming the whole thing live and all the rest of it. It is actually saying something about- Right now. About what we live in. Because that's the thing, a lot of those early 70s films, you know, they're about Vietnam, you know, Last House and Left and just all this sort of paranoia about the 70s. And now this, yeah, it really is. I mean, in its own way. I mean, I find, you know, it's yes, it is what we face in society nowadays. I find it completely vapid and, you know, pointless. But Uh, no... Hello, Mister. Yeah, I'm yeah. not on Facebook. No, no, no. That's, well, that's true, but it is. I just that's the thing that you realise that. Look, what are these? What is society's preoccupations at the moment? It's about Twitter and Facebook and what everybody's doing and one-upping another person and becoming more violent. And you more wouldn't horrific. know. And, You're not on Twitter. Yeah. You can't judge. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. You're going to be the first one who's going to be murdered. Yeah, totally. That's fine. And you know what's great as well? There's a host of uh, guest cast. There's some fantastic people pop up. You know, quite often they don't last long. Yeah. That's Okay. It's like at the start of the first one with Drew Barrymore, you know. It, that's they play on that, and oh, that's the, the thing. The they opening keep is on fantastic. The opening is so great. So one of my favourite guest characters was Alison Brie, and people might recognise her from Mad Men. 
she plays she has kind of like a smaller role she's Pete Campbell's wife in Mad Men yes. but I know her better from Community which yeah. is a fantastic American sitcom and she kind of plays this very uptight prissy kind of girl and in uh, Scream 4 she gets gets to play the opposite yeah she's great she's like she's, the, really she's uh, Sydney's <clears throat> publicist for the book tour and she's all about raking in as yeah. much as she can yeah. and uh you know that's not going to end well. No, it's not. I'm not giving away anything. No, no, no. Better, yeah. Quick content on this one. I think we talked about just before that that talking about the new rules and the gays survive. Yeah. I mean, look, it's hard to also go past Kevin Williamson. He's gay. He's gay, yes. Um, I thought there would be a little bit more Me campy too. No, in I there. I thought there'd be gay characters. Like, I really yeah, did. Yeah, but- I'm kind of shocked that there were mm. not so, so many gay characters. So, Kevin has let us down a little bit. Oh, well. But the whole film, though, is uh, campy, funny, scary... Yeah. Goodness. And what would you give it? I'm going to give it three out of five. Yeah, I give it I three had, as well. I had fun. Yep. Just as a, a quick, we uh, we discussed, well, discussing before La Mirada and also Brighton Rock, we've got some passes to give away for both of those films in the festival. All you need to do is tell us about your pe- favourite Pedro El Motivar film. You can SMS us on 0427JOY949, email at onair at joy.org.au, or call up on 1300JOY949. This is your last chance. We'll be, we'll be drawing the prizes in the next, in the next, next segment. That's right. So... Call while you can. While you can. This is Dreaming by Ella Darling. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. Oh, that's it for another week of Pink Popcorn. Good Lord. I am so excited that I actually went and saw a mainstream film with, you, with you by my side. And, and I didn't despise it, which is amazing. And also, you also were very lucky that you got to have my box of I popcorn. I did. Thank well. you. I had two boxes. Super greedy. I don't eat popcorn, so you, that's, she, that should be a reason for you to come to the films that's with true, me because actually. you can get my popcorn. Uh, I'm going more often. When are we going? What's next? What's Thor? Next? Something? <laughs> Thor. We will be talking about Thor, but not next week. What no. are we talking about next week? So you're seeing Arthur. I'm seeing Arthur. And then we're both going to see Potish, which is a new Francois Ozon film with Catherine Deneuve and Jeremy Renier. That already mm-hmm. sounds super gay. Mm, um, we have a couple of prize winners who have uh, won some double passes to Brighton Rock and to La Morada Film Festival. Congratulations, Kevin, Chris and James. Hooray. We'll be, we'll be contacting you shortly, so stay tuned for how you can collect your prizes. So please stay in contact with us via Facebook, Twitter, blog, all of that stuff. Everything is on joy.org.au forward slash pink popcorn. And there's podcasts. So if you you know want to listen to us again and again and again. And coming up next is Adam Todd with Bandcamp. And of course, a huge thank you to Alan who makes us all look good by pushing the buttons and playing the songs and, and the guest reviewer as well this week as well. And so, also telling us to wind it up. Yeah, exactly. Like right now. Okay. See you next week at the movies. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.